Good morning. Today we continue our study on the churches in Revelation. So far, we have looked at the church in Ephesus, Smyrna, and Pergamos. Today, we look at the congregation of Thyatira. And as usual, we want to begin with a little background on the city. Thyatira was the smallest of the seven cities. Even so, there was a church in a small city. A called out people, a set of people to whom God sent a letter. So the longest letter of the seven churches was written to the church in the smallest city. Even though this city was small, it was a center of business and trade. Like the other cities, it too had its share of Greek and Roman false gods. Thyatira was famous for the manufacture of a purple dye. And in Acts 16, verses 14 to 15, it mentions Lydia of Thyatira, who was a seller of purple cloth from this city. Thyatira was also a military center. But even as this church existed in this kind of culture, Jesus introduces himself to this church as the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. We see our Savior using his title that emphasizes his deity. Indeed, Jesus is the Son of the living God, fully man and fully God. My brothers and sisters, when false teachers come to deny the deity of our Lord and Savior, let us take a firm stand in the belief of who our Lord is. Jesus chose to describe himself as the one who has eyes like flame of fire to emphasize the idea of his penetrating judgment and feet like fine brass, which depicts righteousness and holiness because brass is pure and highly refined in the fire. This church too, like others, was commended for its work. The Lord said, I know your works. Their work was love, service, faith, and patience. And he says, as for your works, the last are more than the first. Like all the other churches, Jesus knew their works. A church that was filled with love, a church that was filled with service, a church that had people of faith and patience. One would say this is the ideal church. One could say this was the model church. They had four great essential qualities. They had love, both for the Lord and for one another, a love for mankind, for in ancient times, hospitals and sanitariums were almost exclusively the work of the church. And these qualities of love and service made this church recognized by God. We too should be recognized by God for our service and our love. For in Matthew 25 verse 36 and 40, we read, for I was unhungered, and he gave me meat. 
I was thirsty and he gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and he came unto me. We too are encouraged to be marked by love, by service, by faith, and by patience. This church not only did these work, but they had them in increasing measure. They were growing in love. They were growing in service. They were growing in faith and patience. But Jesus said, nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Despite all the good, Jesus saw in the church at Thyatira, there were some significant problems. How easy it is for us to look at churches and believe that all is well, when in truth, there are things that need to be dealt with, when in truth, there is sin in the camp. What did Jesus have against the church at Thyatira? They entertained the presence of a woman Jesus called Jezebel. Jezebel, as we know, was one of the evil characters of the Old Testament who attempted to lead the children of Israel into idolatry through the control and influence of King Ahab. This woman called herself a prophetess. Let us be careful of the self-acclaimed prophetesses. What was she guilty of? Leading the people of God and teaching and seducing the people of God to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. May I say, we can never exchange holiness and righteousness for works. God requires both from his people. They had the works, but they sacrificed holiness, and righteousness. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 7, we're reminded, for God had not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. These Christians at the church of Thyatira had accepted this woman and her teachings, had accepted her practices and lifestyle. That is why Christ described himself as the one with the penetrating eyes, because judgment was pending. But our Lord is merciful. David says in Psalm 103 verse 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. So in his abounding love and mercy, he gave the church time to repent and not just the church, but the perpetrator, the one guilty of leading his people astray. My brothers and sisters who are in sin, God gives us time to repent, but it is not an unlimited time. There is a time when God says, my spirit shall not strive with man forever. This means 
that when God gives us time to repent, we must take advantage of that time because we never know when time will run out for us. Isaiah says in Isaiah 6 and verse 6 to 7, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Let me close by reminding us that God never expects us to sacrifice holiness and righteousness for works. He requires both from his people. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Join us next week as we examine the congregation of Sardis.